Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. The title of the message tonight is A Courageous Prayer. A Courageous Prayer. Ooh, yeah. Why don't we pray before we go any further? Um, Thank you, God, that you are with us tonight. Thank you, God, for an atmosphere of faith. Uh, Thank you, God, that you are just stirring up faith in this atmosphere, stirring faith. And God, we just pray that you would speak to us like no one else can, that your voice would be clear, that your voice would be loud, that your promptings would be um, evident in our lives, God. And we just thank you for what will happen. In Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. We're going to read um, from Psalm 139. Um, David writes Psalm 139. I would like to think of it as one of his hit songs. Like this was on the top charts. It was his number one. It was up. It was very popular when it was first released. Like people love Psalm 139. And if you don't know anything about David, David is described as the man after God's own heart. He, he's an interesting fella. He, he's lived a lot of life. He's been a shepherd. He's been a king. Um, he, he's gone through some things. He's been chased down by his enemies. Um, he's made some pretty grave mistakes at, some, at times, but he's known overall as a man after God's own heart. And so he writes Psalm 139. We're gonna read together on the big screen tonight. Here we go. He says, "'You have searched me, Lord.'" And you know me, you know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. And he goes on and he goes on and he begins to talk about how how Jesus formed him in his mother's womb, how he was knit together, how there was intricate details, how his thoughts for, for David outnumber the grains of sand. He goes on to talk about how detailed God is. And it's interesting, he noticed and he, he saw David in the womb. When no one saw him, he saw David. When David had nothing to offer, he hadn't had any achievements yet, no accolades, nothing to his name, no words spoken from his mouth. He hadn't killed any lions while he was the shepherd yet. He wasn't a king yet. But while he was in the unseen place of the womb, God knew David. And God had plans for David. And then David begins to talk about what's happening on the outside. And he's like, man, it is messy. He begins to tell Jesus, to tell God, he's like, it's messy out there. In fact, it's real wicked. He says, why don't you deal with it? 
I need you to deal with the wicked things. You need to reprimand them. You need to do something about this. But then he finishes the psalm, how he started it. And he says this very bold thing. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, test me and lead me. He goes from looking externally to saying, do something in here. You ever um, had an issue with your car? Anyone, a driver in the room, you had an issue with your car? I've had a few issues with my cars over the years. Um, I, I, I blew a tyre once, like I'm not talking like it was a slow deflation, like it, I, I was on the motorway and it blew up like, and then it like was shredded, like completely. My tyre, I could see in the review mirror, like rubber flying off my tyre, it was smoking. It wasn't ideal. Um, but I've had some issues with my car. In fact, at the moment, I'm like trying to turn it on and it's going so it like doesn't sound good. You're like, you should probably get that fixed. I will, or my husband will. Um, but you know, that's what husbands are for. But um, it's not sounding too good. And um, I've had breakdowns. I've had blown tires. I've, I've had some issues with my car over the years. And uh, earlier this year, I was driving home from church one night and we had all gone out, the young adults. And after it was a bit later, I was driving home loving life, got the music playing, doing my thing. And all of a sudden, the engine stops working. I'm like, oh no, again, here we go. I've experienced something like this before. So I can kind of remain calm because I've done it before. And so I'm like, okay, okay, what is working? My brakes are working. Okay, acceleration not working. Okay, well, I can slow down. That's good news. Um, hazards, put my hazards on slowly and slowly go over to the left, left lane until I pull over. Do I call anyone? No, it's too late. I don't want to bother anyone. I just figured I would wait until it starts again. And it does. I drive home really carefully, really slowly, like just taking it extra slow and uh, take it to the mechanic the next day. And he says something to me, so, so crazy, so revolutionary. He says to me, um, your car hasn't been serviced in three years. I'm like, excuse me, what do you mean it hasn't been serviced in three years? Yeah, yeah, your car hasn't been serviced in three years. Have you been going somewhere else? I'm like, no, you know, like you're my mechanic. I'm loyal, like I'm not going somewhere else. Like you guys are my guys. Like, come on now, why would you say that? And, and, and I'm like, no, I haven't been going. You Last year, you redid my whole brakes. Like at one point, like the year before, my brakes were metal to metal. Like it was going... <laughs> My car was sounding like that. So I took it in, got my brakes redone, but no service. I have been taking it to get the, the pink slips and all that and, and no service. I had been doing these major repairs and never had I ever got a service. See, I didn't know they put a sticker on your car. <laughs> I didn't know that. And it tells you when you need a service. See, I was living in a way where only when I needed a major repair was the only time I would go and see the mechanic. And some of us, man, we're coming to church each week and we're dealing with these urgent major repairs, but we forget to get 
the service. We forget to just check the heart. We're saying, God, deal with all these things around me, but we never think to look within and say, God, search me. See, I hadn't been getting my car serviced three years. Three years is a long time because what happens under the hood, you don't see it, but eventually it will show up in a, in a significant way. If you don't deal with what's happening underneath, if you don't get the oil checked and the coolant, if you don't deal with what's happening underneath, guess what? It will show up externally. Some of you look at the way you're reacting and responding to situations around you like, where did that come from? Well, it was this bubbling thing underneath and you hadn't talked about it for three years. You hadn't addressed it. And suddenly there was a bitter root. You were offended five years ago and this bitter root grew. And it, suddenly you're reacting and you're responding and you're living in a different way because you didn't deal with it under the hood. See, I didn't know you were supposed to do regular check-ins. I just lived my life with major repairs. And some of us, we're like, but I come to church every week, but you've never asked God to do something in here. You're always looking, God, my, my world around me, things aren't working here. God, uh, um, I need you to fix all this. But you never say, God, what's going on in here? That's why I call this a pretty courageous prayer. We think courageous prayer, we think it's like, send me somewhere. But you know what's a courageous prayer? What's in here? And he says to God, search me. Search my heart. Search in the deepest part of me. You see, your heart is the seat of your emotions. The heart is the seat of your desires. The heart is the seat of your appetites and your passions. You kind of determines and helps you know why you're moving in a particular way. Your heart is the deepest part of you. And he's saying, search the deepest part of me. What a vulnerable thing to do, to have someone search in the deepest part of you. You know when someone's coming over and you clean your house, but there's always that one room, that's where the mess goes. And so you clean, you clean the kitchen because that's on display. You clean the lounge room, that's on display. You might even clean the bedroom, but you might just leave one cupboard where all the mess is thrown in. Because that's, that's just the hidden part. But David was brave enough to say, even in the hidden places, God, would you search me? Search me and know my heart. Search me and know my heart. Search me and know my heart. And if you look at the life of Jesus, you know, <laughs> he didn't grow up like learning small talk. I don't know what Joseph and Mary were telling him or teaching him, but they didn't teach him small talk because he always speaks to their heart. He's not being like, hey, how's your week going? You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's just like, oh yeah, I saw that issue. And in that past, I could see how that was happening. And he just speaks right to the heart of the issue. And in fact, sometimes he's not even responding to what they're saying. He's responding to what they're thinking. You see, Jesus sees their heart. Jesus sees their heart, but what an exposing thing it feels like sometimes. Like you ever had that friend that's like, how are you? And you're like, good. And then they say, how are you? Really? And you're like, whoa, are you looking inside me? Like, get away. I feel so exposed. But you all have that friend that's like, they're seeing something deeper. They're seeing something that maybe might need to be addressed. And it's a vulnerable thing to say, God, search me. 
Because what happens if he discovered mess, right? What happens if they go, oh, that, that thought, that, that thing there, that's a bit ugly. We think if they really discovered that part of me, maybe they won't stick around. And so this deepness of knowing someone like that, actually it, it's a point of fear for some people because maybe in your relationships, in, in, in the people around you, people have seen things and gone, okay, I'm out. And so it becomes this point of fear, but with God, it's different. It's, it shouldn't be a point of fear. It should be a point of freedom. When God searches you, you know, He brings light in dark places. When God searches you, He brings the light in the dark places, in those ugly messes. And guess what? If it remained in the dark for too long, it will show up and you'll just have to deal with an urgent major repair rather than allowing God to search you in the deep places. Search me, search me, God. What a vulnerable thing it is to be searched. But the thing is, the only way to intimacy is vulnerability. There are no shortcuts. There are no ways around it. There's nothing else you can do but be vulnerable with God. And as you, it's not a checklist. It's not a religious reform. It's not a get it together list. With God, it's being vulnerable and saying, actually search my heart and you'll see where He takes you. So He says, search me, God, and know my heart. And then He says, test me and, and know my anxious thoughts. Second thing He says is test me. People don't like tests, agreed? We don't like tests because we think tests are, are harmful. We think tests are dangerous. We don't like tests because then we'll be graded low. But the test for God isn't to harm you. The test for God is to strengthen you. And so when He says, test me, He's talking about almost as if it's like gold and you heat gold up to a certain point that the impurities melt away. Another way they test gold is they actually will scratch it and see if it responds in an acidic environment. Some of you walk into your workplace and it's an acidic environment. You walk into your family and there's, there's environments around you and they are acidic. And guess what? You're responding and reacting because of the purification that is missing in your life. You haven't let God purify your heart. You haven't let God do something internally. And so you are reacting out of the acidic environment. He says, know my anxious thoughts. And when he says that, uh, th this term anxious thoughts is actually not used much in the Bible. It's not a common one. It's, it's um, a better way of saying it is disquieted thoughts, which isn't like a full-blown anxiety, which isn't like we're like completely out of sorts and we're worrying and we're really scared. It is simply a lean that way. It is simply an inclination. And if you keep following that, then it will become that. But at the moment, they're just these unsettling, disquieted thoughts. They're just these unsettling leans. And I've been going to the chiropractor and I learned a few things about myself. Um, I learned I had a lean. Now, now, no one really cares about a lean, right? But Here's the thing I learned. If you lean one way for too long, this is what my chiropractor is telling me, guess what is happening? You put tension in areas that there shouldn't be tension, then that creates pressure 
and then you've got joints out of whack and you're trying to realign yourself and then you get migraines. And so underneath the surface, a lean doesn't look too bad. But if you lean one way for too long, there's pressure, there's tension, and then there's migraines. And guess what? It'll show up in a way that, you, that is significant. It'll show up in a way that will affect your day-to-day life. And you're going, why am I getting these migraines? Why am I getting these things happening? Why do I feel this pressure? Why do I feel this tension? It was just a lean though. It was just a lean. But no one cares about a lean. No one cares about a lean. Do you know in Proverbs 3, um, 3 verse 5 to 6, it says, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. And lean not on your own understanding. See, but we're just like, but it's just a lean. Does it really matter that much? It's just a lean. And the writer of Green Eggs and Ham, he says this amazing thing. He says, um, a tree falls the way it leans. Watch which way you lean. So we watch a fall, but no one watches the lean. Fools get attention. Uh, Fools get the headlines. Everyone wants to see the fall, right? Everyone's like shocked. Oh my gosh, get the popcorn out. Let's see, did you hear the news? And we sit in circles and we're like, whoa, did you hear what happened? Did you see the way they fell? Did you see what happened? But no one's saying anything when there's just a lean. You won't even notice it because it's under the surface. It's under the hood. Everyone cares about the fall, but no one cares about the lean, but God does. He says, hey, lean not on your own understanding. Hey, lean not on your own understanding. Because sometimes we just wanna take the, the, the thing back from God and say, you know what? I think I understand it better this way. I think I actually, I think I've got this one, God. And we just lean back on our own understanding. God, I think I, I'll, I'll take it from here. The, the big career decision, you know what? I think I'll, you know what? The way I respond to that family situation, I think I'll just take it from here. I think I got this one. And we just lean on our own understanding. We lean on our own understanding. But He says, lean not, lean not, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And here's the thing, we all lean from some time or from time to time, because guess what? We get tired. And we get weary. And what do you do when you're tired? You lean. Sometimes we lean out of insecurity. You're leaning up against something that won't help you, that won't be there forever. But out of your insecurity, you've learned to lean. Sometimes we lean out of fear and we're afraid. So we simply lean. And it's just a lean. But over the time, that lean will produce pressure. That lean will produce tension. That lean will will affect your day to day and suddenly you've got a major repair. So what does He do? He acknowledges God in all His ways. This is David. This is the picture of this Psalm that even though things are happening externally, He acknowledges God in this, 
He acknowledges God. You know, you don't just have to acknowledge God on a Sunday, but just in your everyday situation. Something happens at work, I acknowledge you here. You know what praise does? It helps you acknowledge God. You know what worship does? It helps you acknowledge God. When we praise, when we sing songs, we are simply saying, God, I acknowledge You in my life. God, I want You to direct me here. God, I want You to lead me here. God, I acknowledge You in my life. And guess what? It's God that's the one to straighten your path. See, that that lean produced the structural thing, but God is the one to straighten. You see, God doesn't reveal things in your world to condemn you. He reveals things to heal you. Once you know you've got the lean, guess what? God wants to restore. Once you know you've got the lean, guess what? God wants to heal. God wants to bring you back into alignment. It's simple, it's so easy, but it's just a little shift here and there. And God is saying here, I wanna show you this because I wanna bring you back into alignment. It's just a little shift. It's just here and there. Oh, thank You God for showing me that. Thank You God for doing that in me. Thank You God. So He says, search me God and know my heart. He says, test me. And then He says, lead me. And you notice, lead is number three. Lead is not the first thing. Before you go anywhere, before you make the decision, before you respond, before you react, before any of that, He first wants to search your heart. He then wants to test it and then you move. And then you get led by God before He takes you anywhere. Because guess what? If you move without Him, you will be led, but it won't be Him. You will be led and you'll start to be led by your own fear. And you'll be start to, you start to be led by your own anxieties. You start to be led by your own understanding. You, you start to be led by what's happening around you. You start to look around at the world and go and start to be led by those things. That's why it's number three, because first it's the search and then it's the test and then it's the lead. You know, before David was appointed king, he was just in the unseen places. He was just a shepherd boy. He was just doing what was in front of him. Before he was led into that position, he was searched, his heart was searched. You know, if you wanna be someone after God's heart like David was, he needs to have your whole heart. What made David A man after God's heart is he allowed God to search his heart. He allowed God to purify his heart. He allowed God to to readjust and to realign and to correct. And then he allowed God to lead. The third thing is lead. I don't know about you, but I wanna be led by God. But more than that, I wanna know His heart. I want, to be, I want my heart to be His heart. I wanna see through His eyes. I wanna want what He wants. And when you allow God to do the deeper work in your heart, when you allow God to do things in you, He'll allow things to happen through you. But the deep work in your heart is bringing you into alignment with Jesus' heart. And suddenly you start looking at people and go, I never saw them like that, but thank God for opening my eyes so I can see them the way you see them. 
Some of you tonight, God will open your eyes to see yourself through His eyes. Because David says, search me. But you know what's crazy? God will know the deepest parts of you, whether you like it or not. But it's a crazy thing to ask to see what God sees in you. I wanna see what God sees in me. I want Him to do a work inside me. I want Him to do things in me before I start to move anywhere. I want Him to lead me. And so we're gonna go into a time of worship and you can just stand to your feet right now. And in this time of worship, you know, I really feel that in this room, there may not be a breakdown. There may not be some blow ups in your life, but I believe there are some people with hearts that are saying, God, search me. Don't wait till it's a breakdown. Don't wait till things blow up, but be willing and humble like David, a man of God to say, search me, test me and lead me. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.